behind the scenes at Score North and 1500 ESPN have sports opinions. So they want you to hear them. It's the perfect digital sports soapbox to scratch that Minnesota sports itch. This is the Score North Taxi Squad. Roses are red, violets are blue. I love Minnesota sports, and so do you. Welcome into the Score North Taxi Squad, everyone. My name is Jason Stormer, joined along AJ Fredrickson, Artis Woods, and we got a special guest once again this week, Grant Wengstern from My Talk 107, joining in on all that Taxi Squad fun. Yes, a little round of applause as we welcome you to this Valentine's Day special of the show. If you want to listen to us, you can check us out on scorenorth.com, Score North mobile app, Apple, and Spotify. If you want to see our lovely faces, though, just in time. For Valentine's Day, you can check us out on the Score North YouTube channel. Happy Valentine's Day, gentlemen. Are you feeling the love? How are you feeling about not just uh, Minnesota sports and everything, but just the the wonder and the cheer that this day kind of brings for everybody? I think it's kind of like a de facto, hey, we got to celebrate our love and our compassion for each other, even though people should be doing that every day of the year. But how are you feeling, not only for yourselves, but also about these Minnesota sports teams? I got to admit, these teams are hot right now, and I'm feeling the love. There's a mic. There we go. There we go. Um, I'm feeling pretty good. I'm feeling good, especially about the Timberwolves, man. We're going to get into them in a hot second. But feeling good about the Wolves. Um, Valentine's Day is always a great day, especially when, you know, you have a Valentine. And if you don't, you know, show some love to someone else today. It doesn't matter. Um, but, yeah, overall just feeling good. How y'all feeling? Yeah, yeah. I mean, hey, show yourself some love That's if that's the case, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um yeah no i mean of course uh the one day in this like lackadaisical winter that uh, is supposed to be for love it's cold as ice out there snow's coming (laughs) down we're getting like four inches of snow here um you know so good luck to you guys you know that are at the studio that need to make the trip home tonight have (laughs) have a fun time with that but i could have just left just now like but i decided to stick through this why what are you thinking uh, (laughs) absolute maniac uh, but yeah, it. no, these uh, these sports teams are kind of turned around. I was talking with uh, Ross Brundle in the office today, and he, in his words, these Minnesota teams do not lose as of like a week and a half ago. They don't <laughs> lose. They refuse to lose. True. Grant, how are you feeling, man? We last had you on a couple of weeks ago. Uh, I can't remember exactly the context of the episode or what we were talking about that show. We, um, were, we were talking a lot of Kirk Cousins, yep. draft talk. I remember mm. I ended it with my rant on how the Minnesota Twins haven't done anything mm. yet to still do. You've made some minor moves and act like you've done something, but really you haven't. Uh, that's where we left off last. But hey, just on that note, pitchers and catchers today. It's happening, man. Today. I can't believe it. It's I just, love it. Baseball always sneaks up on me. It's always right around the corner. I mean, it's usually after the Super Bowl anyway, but I'm just, I'm not ready for baseball. I really oh, I don't, really, really don't mm-hmm. feel like there was a lot to sink into with the Twins offseason in particular. No. Now, granted, they could still make a move here every now and then, but you know, with the unseasonably warm weather, I mean, we basically haven't had a winter here in Minnesota except for whatever's happening today 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 i was saying that on our show earlier i'm like doing the weather forecast i'm like this is the most wintry weather forecast 35 and snowy i'm like i haven't said that all year i mean we had some below zero temps but 35 and snowy that's the first time those words have come out of my mouth and it is yeah february 14th and i'm grateful 
Very grateful. Beyond. Thank (laughs) you. I know. I know. It's been a little bit warmer than usual here in the state of Minnesota over the winter, but I think that has a lot to do with the Minnesota Timberwolves, gentlemen. A perfect week on the road for the Timberwolves this past week with wins in Milwaukee. Um, Wow. I can't believe I'm blanking on the L.A. Yes, they they beat the Clippers on the road. I have a brain fart for there for a second. And they also beat the Portland Trailblazers as well on the road, although the Trailblazers aren't really as tough of opponent necessarily as the Bucks and and the Clippers. Um, guys, I'm feeling the love. It's Valentine's Day. I'm not going to deny that. I don't want to be necessarily too negative on my sports teams today. I want to show them some love. I want to show them some compassion. And you know what? This was arguably one of my favorite weeks of the season for the Minnesota Timberwolves, not just because of the wins on the road, but also who you played and some of the key contributors in some of those games as well. I just got to give some love right off the bat, fellas, to Nikhil Alexander-Walker. He was my player of the week for the Minnesota Timberwolves. He was so clutch in that Clippers game. That little step back corner three that he had, ooh, that Beautiful. just that was just Beautiful. oh, that was just absolutely fantastic. That just set me in, into a type of mood, and I was so happy about that. But it also was just solidifying that maybe this bench is figuring things uh, some things out, especially as earlier on the season, the offensive efficiency wasn't so great for the bench for the Timberwolves. But I'm really encouraged by what happened this week. Now, I know, I know Milwaukee didn't have all of their players playing. They didn't have Chris Middleton. They didn't have Dame Lillard. But they did have the Greek freak out there. Giannis did play. And so as long as he's out there, I'm still pretty encouraged if the Timberwolves are able to win a game when Giannis is playing. And they absolutely boat raced the Milwaukee Bucks out there at the Pfizer Forum. Guys, how you feeling about the Timberwolves as well? I'm feeling the love. Are you guys as well? Feeling good. Um, To be honest with you, I feel like the Wolves, and this is going to sound crazy for me to say, but I'm going to say it. If we're just talking roster-wise, if we're just talking like just – Personnel, the Timberwolves have a team that can go to the championship. championship. Let's get out of the first round first. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. If we're just talking roster, if we're talking roster fit. Now, I haven't gotten into, you know, chemistry and maturity and all the other things that we've talked about. If they're mentally ready to do it. But just from a personnel standpoint, they have everything you need to win a championship. Um, And the thing I like most about this three-game win streak that they've been on is the two best teams that they've played, they've made adjustments against the Wolves opposed to the Wolves adjusting to them, which is beautiful. You know, in the second half of the Bucks game, the Bucks came out in like a, I don't know, a 2-3 zone to try to figure out how they were going to stop, you know, that big man lineup that the Wolves are running. And right away, Rudy Gobert took it over, two straight buckets, sparked a run. I think they ended the quarter, you look up, it's a, a, a 39-22 to 22 quarter, and then you look up against the Clippers, and the Clippers did what everybody thinks is the right thing to do against that big man lineup. Let's go small. Rudy Gobert takes over. Oh, offensive rebounds, Robert. defensive rebounds. Um, Anthony Edwards attacks the basket, gets easy buckets. Before you know it, 40-19 to 19 quarter. It's like it's, it's crazy to see. And most importantly, Mike Conley, teams are really struggling with that pick-and-roll offense. Mm-hmm. Like, they don't know how to defend it, mainly because all of your bigs, with the exception of Rudy Gobert, who's going to kind of forcefully get himself where he wants to get on the floor anyway. But, you know, Nas Reed and Carl Anthony Towns can do whatever they want. They can attack the basket. They can dunk on you. They can, you know, pop outside for a mid-range shot, a three-point shot. And so you don't know what to do. Should we switch? Should we hedge on these pick-and-rolls? Should we go under? Should we go over? And then most of all, when you're focused on those bigs, you forget Mike Conley, if you go under the screen, it's an easy three. If you go over the screen, Mike Conley now has you in a position where you're on his back. 
He could hit the floater in the paint. He could dump it down low. If the screen is high enough, somebody can hit you with a backdoor cut. I mean, how do you defend this? You don't know. And even when you have the answers, you have a guy, Anthony Edwards, and you have other guys that can just go find a way to get a bucket. The ball moves around. They had like 33 assists in the Clippers game. I mean, this is why I say personnel-wise, they have what they need. They are really tough to defend. And then on the opposite side of the ball, the defense. It's the defense. Notch. I mean, the defense is sensational, especially when they go with the big man lineup. You know, even having Nas Reed out there at the three, I mean, there there is really nothing that you could really do to, you know, to, to get buckets on this team. So I really like what I see. I really like what I see. Mm-hmm. Oh, we're all looking around. I know. I thought I thought AJ was I heard I heard the click of AJ's mic and I thought he was coming in for a point. Well <laughs> here, go ahead. I, so we we've got Monty Morris now on the team. We've got uh, we've got the mojo back. Is there a concern? I know they have some veteran presence. And this is maybe me coming from the outside. Is the veteran presence with Mike Conley is there? My continuing theme that I seem to notice throughout the year is that every time there's a star that comes to town or the Timberwolves go somewhere, they're more more so here at the Target Center. It seems like there are stars that happen to just have an injury that night. They they take the night off. So is there yes. is there an argument to say that the Wolves maybe have like they have all these wins? I agree. But they're not as good as maybe they are according to the standings. Like once they get to the playoffs, because they're going to get there at this point, you know, they would it would be an all-time collapse of of epic proportions if they miss out. When they get to the playoffs and the stars are playing every single night and they lock it in, what what is what is there like am I correct in having doubt that like maybe absolutely maybe they're not gonna be the team that we have seen so far that when they oh, yeah. come up against the best stars that, hey, maybe they're not this number one seed in the West? Yeah, 100%. And until the Wolves stop making a habit of playing down to their competition, I think that's a very fair opinion to have. Um, now, they bullied up on the Trailblazers last night, which is what you're supposed to do, and they play the Trailblazers again uh, tomorrow. Um, but we ha- we saw what happened with those Hornets games, those Spurs games. Um, those were unacceptable, and the Wolves still, uh, for me at least, we need to put more consistent wins together, or at least, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, back-to-back-to-back-to-back-to-back uh, wins against bad teams. Go on but, streaks. Yeah, go on streaks, but not, but again, that's the weird thing, too, guys. They're beating good teams at the same time. That's the weird thing. For these losses against the Spurs, you have those wins in OKC. For those, you know, kind of iffy wins that you have against, like, the Washington Wizards, you go to L.A. and you dominate the Clippers like you do. Um, there's give and take here, which I think is really encouraging from this basketball team, what ultimately will hopefully, I think, uh, result in at least one playoff series victory. But I totally get that, AJ. That's a fair thing to assess. Um, and I'm still seeing articles nationally from a bunch of different publications Still doubting the Wolves, still not really believing that this team can keep this can keep this competitive competitiveness all the way through the end when you got teams like the Nuggets and the Clippers and the Thunder right behind you. Um, even though, yeah, locally, maybe the Wolves don't have as much to us to, uh, have as much to prove to us because we've been watching them all season. But definitely nationally, that narrative is still there that the maturity doesn't exist right now for the Timberwolves to compete at the top of the Western Conference like all these other teams are, even though they made really positive moves at the trade deadline uh, as well. So it, it, it's a national thing. And again, until you actually have playoff success, that that won't come. 
And so that's that's more of a patience thing than anything else. And just also years of the Timberwolves just not being a very good organization. This is this is just the symptom of what it is. It feels like disrespect, but it's not. We got to earn it, guys. That's just kind of how it goes. They don't have they don't have recent playoff success. That's that's basically what you just said. And that's what it boils down to. And those doubts will be there until that playoff success comes. You get out of the first round, like you said earlier, Grant. And also. You know, when you get to the postseason and teams have a full series now to game plan to beat you, then that's when things kind of get tight as well. That's when things get a lot tougher. As far as the injury thing, I mean, injuries are going to happen. You know, you're going to play teams in the playoffs that are not 100% healthy. The Clippers were healthy, and the Clippers were coming off rest just like the Timberwolves were for the most part. Do you have something to say, Jason? I am very much leaning towards coming on this podcast today and saying out loud, give me the Clippers in the playoffs. I'm not going to say that right now. No. I'm not going to say But I do After think— After what I saw Rudy Gobert do to those guys, they can't guard him. I do think— I'm intrigued by that I, match. I, that I, I do and think and because I'm also up. banking that either Kawhi or PG is going to be hurt by the playoffs. Possibly. Let's be, let's yeah, be I mean, that's, that's, I mean, that's, that's, that's kind of their history. Just saying. Mm-hmm. Just At saying. the same time, we cannot sleep on Ty Lue, who's arguably the best coach in the league, and will make continuous adjustments. And so— I do like the matchup, and it does look like they're having a hard time. I mean, he did. He tried to make adjustments mid-game. And that's the thing about the Clippers and Ty Lue. Ty Lue trying to win every game. Mm-hmm. Ty Lue oh, treating yeah. every game like it's a playoff game, and it's obvious. Which is why I said I love the fact that we watched him try to adjust. And really, I think the adjustments hurt him more than anything because they were in the game until he made those adjustments. But when he made those adjustments, things got worse, and it snowballed. And so, overall, I think, again, until they went in the playoffs— the narratives will be what they are. It's the Timberwolves, right? Teams are going to talk about the Lakers, even though they're like the ninth seed. Teams are going to talk about the Warriors. Teams are going to talk about the Suns and the Nuggets who just won a championship. The Nuggets just won a championship last year, and their whole mantra through the playoffs is nobody talks about us. Nobody likes us. No, we're the underdogs because they're the Denver Nuggets. Now they talk about them in that light because they just won a championship. The Timberwolves have to get to that point where they're consist- consistently competing for championships in order for people to give them that respect. But, again... Roster-wise, they're going to be—if the Wolves are healthy and they're playing basketball like how they are now, their defense is translating from game to game. Anthony Edwards could take over at any point. Mm-hmm. Nas Reed is a dominant presence. Cat, some days he's there, some days he's not. But the rest of the—with the, the, the way the rest of the team plays around those focal players and Mike Conley— they're going to be a tough out, fellas. Mike Conley is the key because when Mike Conley's yes. on, that team is a completely different team. That's yes. my big, big observation with that. And the other small thing that I would add to that when you were talking about, um, oh no, I just I lost it, but uh, you were talking about the team getting its establish. You know, it has to establish itself. Yeah. Yeah. Establish itself. Yes, we're getting these great wins, but I want to go back to AJ's point. A lot. I I've noticed this. Most of these teams they sit their superstars when they come to Minnesota. Why is that? I don't know. Sometimes Respect it's injuries. Sometimes it's not. So that some of these wins, you know, we have to take with a grain of salt. But there has never, in my eyes, been a winning culture in this organization ever. We did one year, and that was only because we brought in Latrell Sprewell and Sam Cassell. And Sam Cassell got hurt, and T. Hud came in, and it couldn't finish it out. There has never been a winning culture. There were seven years of missed playoff opportunities prior to 04, where we were one and done in the playoffs. That's been the case the last two times we've made the playoffs. Mm -hmm. There is no concept of winning in that building whatsoever. So this is fun. This is fresh. But the last time that concept was there, when they were winning, who'd they have? They had KG. 
MVP caliber player. Yeah. Not a guy, Anthony Edwards. Yeah. MVP caliber player. That that reminds me of my next point. You said a- Anthony Edwards can take over at any time. And yes. I love what he's doing for this team. But there's sometimes where I wish he would step back a little bit. Sometimes he forces it. I may be completely wrong in my nope, observation right. of this, but he needs to sometimes just pass the ball around. We love you. We love your we love your energy. We love that what you're bringing to this team. That the, the the growth that you've had is fantastic. But sometimes now I think that because of this newfound glory, not newfound, but this growth, mm-hmm. there's this idea in him that he has to take control when he's got so many weapons around him that I wish sometimes he would take more advantage of that. That was that one point that I forgot. Other than that, it's got to be Mike Conley's got to be on. And Rudy Gobert got to continue to be dominant defensively, you know, getting those rebounds offensively, defensively. And in all honesty, that is a fair point. On the flip side, though, I kind of rather have Anthony Edwards be that way opposed to he gets in the playoffs and he's too passive. Good point. So he has to what he has to do is he has to find that balance. And there are some nights where he knows, okay, this is my night to take over. And some nights where he kind of forces it. And some nights where, you know, he comes out against certain teams like Memphis. And it's like, dude, shoot the ball. Make a play. You know, and Kyle Anderson has to get in his get in his face like, dude, yeah. let's go ball. He's like, oh, yeah, Yeah. I I am Anthony Edwards. Let me go play. And that comes with just being a young player. Coming up and Great point. you know just figuring it out. KG, Absolutely, KG compared yeah. this man to an '84 Michael Jordan. I know y'all saw that. Oh, I, yeah. I saw that a while. Ago. Which, yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, I, and I know y'all are like, uh, yeah. Oh, we I mean, saw I that. Oh, oh, we got away. We can't get ahead of ourselves, but I like it. Yeah, yeah, I'm just, no, look at AJ smiling. He knows. No, it's totally fair to get ahead of yourself. So I'm going to pull up the stat because I know I made this for Score North Social was this Media. The Steph this Curry one? This is the Steph Curry you brought stat. That, that was I brought, a good one. I brought that up to the table. I'm going to pull it up right now so I read it accurately. That's cool. Oh wait, it's a couple days behind. Scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. Here it goes. Okay, um, newsflash, ladies and gentlemen. Did you know that through four seasons, and he's not even through his fourth season yet, that Anthony Edwards already has more career three-pointers than Steph Curry? Um, this might not be updated after last night's game, but Ant, 725 through, what, three and a half seasons? Curry only had 644 through four complete seasons. Uh, I'm not about to say that, you know, Anthony yeah. Edwards is about to break the three-point scoring record or anything like that throughout his career. I don't know if that's necessarily going to hold up, but I, I swear I see those little comparisons just like that, Grant, all the time about Anthony Edwards, where it's maybe some obscure stat like that. Just yeah. like, oh, wow, this compares him to an all-time great player. And frankly, Anthony Edwards' three-point shooting isn't something I think any of us have been comparing to Steph Curry at no, all. No, no, I, I, we, not, we don't no. even talk about Ant's three-point shooting. We know he's very competent. I did not not I did not know that number was that high. Yeah. Um, I don't know if it means that Ant's just been shooting too much or anything, but to his credit, he's been making those buckets. But but to your point, Grant, about those times where Ant has seemed to like take control and it's been a, a detriment to the team. I mean, that even happened in the Clippers game a little bit. He had an awesome banked three in that game, <laughs> and it was so cool, and the bench loved it. He he loved it. I don't think he called glass or nothing, but he tried it again like two minutes later, and it was a very intentional shot, and you knew he was just trying to do the exact thing, same thing over again. That's when Chris Finch took him off the court, put him on the bench, and went, all right, that's enough. You've done enough for the day. You're trying to do too much. It was struggling we got this. from outside, too. Yeah, yeah. We, we got this wrapped up, but again, I think hopefully that's just another sign of mature growth uh, for this player. And, you know, in terms of, like, other stuff with Anthony Edwards, I, I think, like, the only thing that's, like, been a detriment to maybe his growth this season is maybe the com- complaining with the refs and stuff like that. Although, I didn't really see too much of that this week, guys. I saw him maybe being a little bit slow in transition play or whatever, but nothing to the point where it wasn't really, like, a like an issue for the team. I mean, when you're winning ball games, 
typically issues with the refs aren't as big of a deal um, as as it goes. Uh, we got we got. I'm not gonna lie though. We got to add a little context to the Steph comparison though, because Steph, when he first came in the league, dealt with a bunch of injuries that sat him out for a while, and on top sure. of that, he was playing with. Monte Ellis, who was a chucker of the basketball. So, I mean, I just, we just got to put that in context. I like the comparison, but it's like, it was a fun, it's a fun stat. It's it's a fun fun stat. stat. It's a fun stat. But like Steph, er, like early Steph kind of struggled a bit to find his bearings with injuries and stuff like that and playing alongside Mike Conley and didn't really come into his own until maybe year three, four, or five, somewhere around that range. Mm -hmm. So, we just, I, I, I'm all team Anthony. I brought up the, the Jordan thing, so I'm all team <laughs> yeah, Ant-Man. Hey, I'll but, take you know, that. Hey, like, <laughs> I'd rather do that one than the Steph one because I'd rather I have him like gliding through the lane, dunk, dunking on people and being True. that mid-range yeah. assassin than him yeah. settling for a bunch of threes like Steph. So that's, you know. Yeah, and I, I doubt Ant will see some. I'm sure he's probably seeing that stat because it circulated a ton. I, I hope that doesn't get to his head. I hope this doesn't mean we're about to see, you know, nights where Ant's, you know, chucking up like, seven three-pointers a game or something like that. I hope that's that's not going to be the case. I, I don't think it will be. Um, I think these guys are going to go into the All-Star break, get a nice little reset, hopefully take care of business against Portland uh, again tomorrow, but then just uh, put your feet up, relax a little bit. Maybe Portland not for the Minnesota team. Timberwolves coaching staff, though. They got to they gotta coach the, the All-Star game. By the way, that's got to be the easiest job in the world, to be a coach for a basketball All-Star game. Like, you just sit there, you hold your clipboard, you probably don't even pop off the cap off the Sharpie, and you're just like, all right, guys, you know, go have fun. Apparently, it's the easiest to qualify for, too, because how is Doc <laughs> Rivers coaching in this game? I, I know. I got hired, like, he got hired, what, like, three weeks ago? Like, <laughs> how, how, does that even, how does that even factor in? This is one, this is why all-star games are a joke. They don't matter. <laughs> ding, They're ding, awful. Ding. Two, NBA, be better. There's got to be some type be of incentive. Like, similar, similar for players, like with, you know, incentives. I'm sure a coach has some sort of bonus where it's like he's coaching the all-star game because yeah. you're being rewarded for winning more. How about give it to the guy that's up next who didn't get fired because he wanted to cut Giannis's trash brother? Like, come on. <laughs> Touche. Uh, I know. It's absolutely you're right. ridiculous. I agree. Yikes. Doc, though, has a resume. Not yeah, you know, a not a good decent one. I'll say that he's got a championship. Though. He's got he a does, championship, he and he has coached some good teams, but he not has. recently. Yeah, so recently, it's not like it's just some new guy on the block. This is Doc Rivers, yeah, like the guy. He's he, he's not the best, but he's he's a hell of a coach. Yeah, but I agree with you. These All Star games, I take no. I mean, the fact that our coach, you know, whatever. I, I'm happy for him. Chris Finch is there. I'm happy for the guy. You know that our guys that are participating, but. I yeah, I take these these All Star games with a grain of salt. I just I hate it because it basically stops the flow of everything, and we can't just keep watching regular season sports. That's why I'm not yeah. a fan of it. I like how the NFL does it after the year. Let's play some games. If you want to join in, join in, but don't disrupt the season. I I'm with yeah. you there, AJ. I don't like the game. I I'm not gonna lie. I like the little mini games though. Like it's yeah, the, the skills the challenge is kind of fun. Yeah, the, dunk the, the, the dunk contest is fell off. Horrible. I still like it. Um, but I don't. I haven't watched it since Zach Levine and Aaron yeah, Gordon. Yeah, that, that was probably the the best recent year, maybe mm-hmm. arguably the best year ever potentially. Yeah. Um, oh, but I outside mean, of that, recently it's been kind of downhill. Yeah. Now three point shootout, I like skills that. challenge, Carl, not all competitions. Yep. Those yeah, are fun, fun. The fun. NBA does that well. Um, like the MLB Home Run Derby, I think is uh, the MLB All Star Weekend. Home Run Derby is the best. also lit. Yeah. Um, I with, do. Too. To clarify, too, I, not that I don't like, I think the All Star game it ha- definitely has a place, but it's just like NBA, 
there's no defense. I want to see guys try a little bit. I need more yeah. more of an incentive. Mm-hmm. NHL, Nikita Kucherov in the skills competition. There's a million dollars on the line, and he's going <laughs> like know. half speed. I could have probably done it quicker, and I haven't, <laughs> you know, I haven't even been able to skate outside this year. Um, I love that. I mean, he got booed. He got booed, and not because it's like a rival team. Just he didn't put effort forth for these Toronto people paying you know their hard-earned money to go watch the best of the yeah. best so um yeah they they need to rework them it, it just has to be better but incentive-based more more for yeah and that's why i i, I shouldn't have put words in your mouth i apologize no, there fine. but i th- that's why i like the nfl because there is no there is no defense there and that's why they've gone to the, the flag football they've gone to the tug of war i mean just like the nba yes these contests these skill contests are fun but the game itself has no rhyme or reason to it no there's mm-hmm. no need for it so that's why i'm thinking you know you could put it maybe at the end of the season or something but yeah you, i didn't mean to put words in your mouth there i just i oh, agree with you though baseball baseball still compels me but that's also because i'm a baseball guy i don't know aj let me ask you this does baseball still do it where if the winning team gets to host the world series is that no. how that works that's no, no longer they, no. they changed the that record? as of 2018 because people okay. were still up in arms because the cubs should have hosted the World Series in 2016, but in, because of the All Star Game, they had to win it on the road in Cleveland, and people were like, "Well, that's ridiculous. Why yeah, we just that stole that magical moment from the city of Chicago?" But, but it created a, ma- but it was a magical run for your Cubs through those seven. It games. was, but, me? you but, wouldn't uh, have had like all that. It was, but imagine that at Wrigley Field, historic oh, Wrigley yeah, hey, Field, fine. not all right. not progressive field, Ugh. the Jake Ohio. Uh, so AJ doesn't like Ohio. Uh, if you ever, you won't catch him dead there or anything like that. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. You just, I'm, just I'm not even going to. Only thing good to come out of there is Hawthorne Heights. Okay. Some people will get that. That's a band. And LeBron James, I yeah, guess maybe. That's Travis probably. and Jason Kelsey, my man. Cleveland Heights, baby. Cleveland Heights, baby. No, Steph and, no he, Akron, Ohio for mm-hmm. Steph. But it's still, fair. it's still Ohio, baby. It's, Ohio, yeah, baby. The Drew Carey Show. I, I don't know. What Cleveland rocks. Cleveland <laughs> rocks. Uh, you know who else rocks? The Minnesota Wild, winners of seven of their past ten games, <laughs> giving a little life inside of Excel Energy Center, even though A.J. Frederickson might be a little tepid about that as of right now. Uh, yeah, this is, I mean, it's hard to argue that this is one of the hottest stretches that the Minnesota Wild have been on all season long. Good wins against the Blackhawks, the Penguins on Marc-Andre Fleury nights, and then a really, really, really good win on the road in Vegas the day after the Super Bowl against the Golden Knights, one of the most more complete performances by the Wild. So far this season, AJ, what do you think? Is this given Bill Guerin enough of an excuse to, hey, maybe we don't need to sell off any pieces at the deadline. Maybe we could stand pat or maybe even, God forbid, add some pieces to continue into the playoffs for the Minnesota Wild. Is this kind of a mirage or do you think there's some traction here? Stop talking that nonsense. Get that out of my face. Let me tell you the key word from that from that opener stretch it's a stretch it's not consistent this team is not consistent enough to be considered a buyer or make a push for the playoffs it you know you know when you get when we were all in like high school or like a college class or something like that maybe you, you struggled early in the year it seems like you know in math you fail and then you, you maybe you keep doing well the rest of the year but it seems like that that bad grade just takes forever to get back up to like a c and then a b and an a it just takes forever 
that's what the Wild did. That's what the Wild did. <laughs> Losing so many games early, too many guys got hurt. They put themselves in too big of a hole to where they currently are sitting with like a D grade on the year. Mm. They could keep winning. They could keep winning. But so is everybody else above them. This league loves handing out three points a night. You go to overtime, <laughs> everybody's getting points. You get two points. You get a point. It doesn't matter. Nobody like they, oh, they're not. I just found three points under my chair. Exactly. Oh, there you go. That, that's Yay. the point. There's lying around for people to pick <laughs> yeah. up. Um, and it it starts back with the Mark Andre Fleury night. Like they were kind of dead in the water leading up to there. You got to go back a couple of weeks. Massive games. Massive games before um, the break. You crumble. At home against the, I want to say the Philadelphia Flyers, mm-hmm. you lose at home, you blow third period lead the next day, you're going to rebound on Saturday against the Coyotes, right? No, the lowly Coyotes that play on a college campus come to your <laughs> barn and put up a touchdown. Nick Bugstad puts up a hat trick on you on your home Love ice. Love Nick. Yeah. Right before Love the All-Star break. Right before the All-Star break. They lose to division rival Nashville, who's above them in one of those coveted playoff spots. Can't get the job done. You lose. Next day, Hockey Day, Minnesota. The awful, terrible, (laughs) no good, mighty ducks of Anaheim. Can't do it. Can't get it done. Lose again. So unserious. So it takes a, a future Hall of Famer, a first ballot Hall of Famer celebrating his 1,000th career game and becoming the second all time for career wins by a goalie in the NHL. That's what it takes to motivate you to win against a Pittsburgh Penguins team that deserves to be pretty much parked right next to a senior citizen home. These guys are all <laughs> pushing 40 years old and you're mm-hmm. squeaking out these games against them. And then sure, they've now won a few in a row, but the problem is out of the break game in Chicago, you've just gone to Turks and Caicos. You're giving me the New York giants boat picture, right? That's what they did. Matt Boldy shows up lifeless, non-existent. I wasn't even sure he made the trip to Chicago. Something happened, and now he's turned it around, and we're seeing this every night. John Hines came out and it said, "I had, you know, I told the team that, hey guys, uh, we're we're, we're going to have to be like prepared to be exhausted after every single one of these games because we can't afford to lose these points. Uh, we need to start making them. You have to tell a professional hockey league team." on february 9th that you need to be tired and try in these games are you kidding me what <laughs> what are we doing here for the amount of closed door meetings that this team has had this season it's a, it's the minnesota minnesota uh closed door meetings they they finally cut way way earlier a number of them to start the season mm-hmm. that didn't come up once in the conversation that wasn't on the powerpoint on the board in the locker room like hey guys maybe we should try maybe we should put a little effort to try to get to the playoffs and win this team i'm not uh, i'm not backing on them at all i'm not saying that they're a total <laughs> dumpster fire because they are winning games but the but the thing is they are not good enough by any stretch of the means or consistent enough or lucky enough to get back into the playoffs and if they do it'd be a miracle but then it would be followed by the quickest exit to a playoff series that I've ever seen in my life. They might not even make it exits, all three AJ. periods of every game. They they might get to like the fourth game and then be down three nothing in the first and be like, you know what? We just forfeit the rest of the series. I don't ah, care. Yeah. I'm just so, yeah. AJ, if they play, if they, yeah. If they play, just, the, I'm gonna stand up right here. <laughs> nice I'm job. sorry. I'm sorry. That was I had, good. I that was beautiful. On my chest for a while because it's just so frustrating. Let it out. Let I it feel out. Man. It's just so Let frustrating because all right. Now. We all Love saw it. what the Vikings did, right? How frustrating mm-hmm. was that to see them 
maybe they're going to get a top five pick. And, oh, no, we're going to win four games in a row. We're going to win five games in a row. <laughs> oh, now we suck again. Now you're picking 11th, and this is what we're going to see with the Minnesota Wild unless they decide to be one or the other, not right in the middle. Stop teetering on the fence. Make a decision. I'm still convinced that my prediction that they're going to finish with exactly 82 points in 82 games played is going to pay off for me. I, I'm just convinced they're at uh, what, like 53 points with 52 games played. So that's kind of right on there. Um, look, they might look. Yes, I kind of agree with you, AJ. I think this is definitely more smoke and mirrors than anything else. You beat up on some pretty bad teams. Pittsburgh's worse than you are, which is crazy to think about considering, you know, the talent, even if it's old talent that they have. You got Arizona tonight. And I hope they win that game because my cousin will be in attendance. He goes to pretty much every wild game when they're down there in Arizona. College arena or not, which, by the way, I think I heard that the Coyotes are building an arena somewhere in the Phoenix metropolitan area, which I'm all for. I was worried that team was going to, like, go to Canada or something. Then my cousin can watch hockey. That'd be devastating. So I hope you beat the Coyotes, but also they're worse than you. And you got Buffalo after that. Buffalo's not a good team as well. But then after this is where I think potentially the rude awakening can uh, will happen for the Minnesota Wild. You got Vancouver right after that, the best points team-wise in hockey right now, which is crazy to think the Vancouver Canucks have just made a huge leap this season. Then Winnipeg, Edmonton, who started really bad, just like you, but they were able to actually fix some things, and they have generational talent on their team. Then after that, Seattle, who is also in the kind of same position as, as you, but that is on the road. That's going to be tough. Carolina, Nashville, St. Louis, before you finally, finally get a break on March 3rd against the San Jose Sharks. Um, If you're able to continue pacing through that schedule, you know, okay, maybe the Wild will have some decent conversations around the March 8th deadline, but I'm not very convinced that they are going to survive that schedule. Even if they go 500, I don't even think that'll be enough for me to be like, hey, yeah, go all in on the season. Try to add some pieces. It's just, we, AJ said it, we've dug ourselves too deep of a hole. Yes, Grant. I have a question as a non-hockey guy. I mean, Mm -hmm. I don't, I watch it occasionally, but I am not in the world. That's why I just love listening to you two talk right now. With this being, isn't this the year that the Parisi suitor hit is the hardest or is it next year or are we past that? Um, so I'll pull up cap friendly here. Exactly. But this is like the last year of the highest hits. It Mm -hmm. drops. So it's going to continue. Yes. It drops. Um, it's still massive next year, but then the following year, you're sub 100 for them combined or sub sub 1 yeah. million for them combined, which is. Okay. So, so, so my question, so my question is if, if it is going to, if it, this is the highest and it's going to go down, would this, be, would it even be worth our time to try to go and do anything right now? Is this just a year where we just got to see what we got go into the next few years as that goes down and try to make moves or, you know what I'm saying? Is this, is this kind of just like one of those years where. We are where we're at. We have what we have because of the restraints that we're in, and we're going to kind of play with what we have. Can we even make moves? Can you bring guys on and, and pick up contracts with where our salary cap situation is, which I have know nothing about, so sorry for the random question. It's just <laughs> me being the non-hockey guy. I'm curious. No, you're you're fine there. Um, So first off, I need to correct myself. It's So right now, this year and next year, the Wild are facing a salary cap penalty um, for the buyouts of uh, Prezi and Suter. Those uh, total for $14.7 million. That's the same next year as well. And then it drops to, it drops to below um, a million per guy, but together it's 1.6 million um, for the next like four years following. But that's when you're really going to be able to like start doing stuff. Like it's it's a massive Mm -hmm. drop off, massive drop off. The problem is right now we be waiting. Well, that's the thing. Bill, Bill Guerin doesn't, He's not a he's not a real waiter around, and okay. it's the same no. thing that you have with like the Wilfs with the Vikings, where Craig Leopold he wants to win, 
Like he wants his product to be competitive, which mm-hmm. is why over the past like 11 seasons, the Wilder tied, if not the leaders for playoff appearances with 10 appearances in the playoffs over the last 11 years. Um, but the problem is they, they just don't build a team that can like go that next level. They're good enough mm-hmm. to make the postseason. Yep. And granted, it's a pretty big field that, that makes it, you know, it's <laughs> 16 yeah. teams. But yeah. uh, right now their projected cap space is $40,000. And on top of that, Earlier this season, their cap, their cap, yes, forty thousand. Forty thousand. Can you even do anything with forty thousand? The price of a Toyota Rav Four. That's an average American salary. Toyota Rav Four. They've got a Rav Four in pocket change right now that they can uh, work with. Um, What are we going to be doing? Okay. And the problem is there. Their cap guru, whose name escapes me at the moment, who was like. A, a big key factor in last year's trade deadline where they were bringing in guys for like all of a cup of coffee to hold on to cap space for other teams and essentially acquire a, a pick for being a middleman there. He left the organization um, due to some internal stuff that we don't really mm. have details on. So to my understanding, they don't really have anybody. Oh no. Doing the books to the, that the, level. The like they have, mm. he was able to do algebra and these people are doing, I'm like, how about uh, addition and subtraction? Y- barely, you know, oh, that, God. Like, you yeah. know, they, they, they know two plus two, but they don't know their multiplication tables right now. Yeah. Um, to put it in a layman term. So, yeah. um, it, it's some of the moves that you see, for instance, uh, Adam Beckman got called up the other day for mm-hmm. his shot with the big club only to get sat and then sent yep. back down. Mm-hmm. Um, it, I think it's just, that was the easy move for them. Maybe. And then that's why they'd made it rather than find a smarter, correct move. Cause Adam Beckman, he shoots the puck. He's a guy that I would imagine you probably want on your big, your big club to maybe either sit a guy, teach a lesson or just shake things up. But um, mm. yeah, right, right now they to answer your question. Why, why wouldn't they wait? Because the front office really doesn't have that mindset too. And frankly, they have talent to be good. It's just, they've kind of been battling the injuries and yeah. mm-hmm. I don't, I hate saying that excuse because you look at the Bruins and they battled injuries too. And they're still, you know, atop the, their division or, or right up there with uh, the rest of the division. So mm-hmm. it, it, it shouldn't be a crutch for them, but th- this team realistically should look to move some guys that can go um, at the deadline and just look to next season. I like, this is it. <laughs> You're just going to sit in the middle and then we're going to get stuck with a, a draft pick who maybe at best is going to be like a, a middle six forward or like a bottom pairing defenseman. And that's why I was thinking like during this point in time, I don't want to say rebuild because you got Kaprizov, you got guys, flirt, you got guys that you can't really call it a rebuild. Oh yeah. As long as Kaprizov's under contract, you can't fully rebuild. No, but why would you at the same time, I hate saying this because I know no one ever gives up in sports. I get that. I'm not that naive, mm-hmm. but there is a concept of a rebuild a constructive rebuild or a slow rebuild. Why would I just, if, if, if this was such a handcuff, this Prezi suitor thing, how, why are we, why are we kind of, and then, and then they don't even have anybody there to get themselves out of that. Like you said, mathematically, it just seems like kind of a, a then everybody has a no trade clause. Yes. And, <laughs> yeah. and, and, and Ryan Suter's still playing pretty decently for the Dallas stars. There's an argument to be made that, you know, even though there was plenty of locker room toxicity there, that maybe there was still a player worth keeping around uh, on the Minnesota wild. Now Breezy's mm-hmm. bounced around and stuff and he just signed a vet minimum deal with the Colorado avalanche. So I think that move was justified, but 
Suter had plenty left in the tank. I just think that his, he he just he wore out his welcome here in Minnesota, and that's ultimately why Bill Guerin mm. had to make. But you know, I, I assume Bill just kind of knew that this was what he was getting himself into. But I also think he wanted to stay competitive throughout these years as well, even if that might ultimately, at least this season, be a little bit too more. Uh, more than he can like deal with because okay. it's just with the injuries and just maybe even maybe even the talent factor this year for the Wild. I mean they're they're an okay team, a good team at best, but just an okay team right now. And I'm with AJ. I just don't think whatever hot streak they're on right now, it is a streak and it should be treated as such. And unless they just keep rolling against some of these more competitive teams over the next couple of weeks, I just don't think we can really sink our teeth into too much here. Uh, unless something crazy happens before that March 8th deadline. Uh, guys, we got to wrap up things pretty quick here. I know we all got stuff going on tonight that we all got to get to, but really quick, quick reactions to uh, the Kansas City Chiefs defeating the San Francisco 49ers in overtime Super Bowl 58. It was one of the most boring first halves of football I've ever watched, but my goodness, that second half of that overtime was just an absolute doozy. Uh, what do you think of the halftime show, the commercials, and ultimately the game itself, guys? We all predicted the Chiefs would win. We were all correct. You guys go first. I got a lot to say. <laughs> Save the best for last. Um, I thought, I mean, I just said what I said. It was it was a fun game, entertaining game. Uh, the halftime show was a lot of fun. Usher brought it. Uh, Luda was there. Um, Lil John was there. It was Alicia a whole lot Keys of fun. Leisha Keys. Great. Fantastic. And I know, like, there's, like, some rumors that there's some, like, edited video. Like, um, she didn't hit a key, pun intended, right? And that the NFL doctored, like, the audio or something, that there's a new version of it. She just missed a note. I don't know what yeah, the big deal is. Yeah, she stumbled out of the blocks. That's all it was. She stumbled out of the blocks. There's no okay, such thing as Alicia Keys stumbling out of any blocks. Oh, there is, because oh, she, she stumbled out of oh, the blocks. She stumbled, but Maybe from a singing standpoint, but Alicia, everything else was just absolutely fantastic. So was the rest of the show. And I wasn't – they didn't show – Taylor on camera too much. I wasn't bothered by anything seconds. like that. That's it. Yeah. Okay. Calm down, seconds. everyone. Nothing to cry about there. Yeah. No. Everybody who whines about that. And if you hate me, mm-hmm. Grant Radio 84, hit me up. Enough. Stop whining about Taylor Swift. Enough. Mm-hmm. Hitting Grant right now. Um, the Kansas it. City. Uh, I don't care. Yeah. I'll, tell you what the, I'll tell you what there is Sorry. to cry about. I'll tell you what there is to cry about. In three Super Bowl wins for Kansas City, there have they've been called for offensive holding exactly zero times. We're talking thirteen quarters of football without a single <laughs> offensive hold. Not a single offensive hold in that. I'm not saying that there is a conspiracy, but that seems awfully peculiar, given how the argument I always hear is, well, you could probably call holding on every single snap every of every play. game. So you're telling me in all those times they have not been called for it once. When it's supposedly they do get holdings called for them. Art, though. Artists, go ahead, just go, <laughs> artists, just go, artists, just go, 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 go. Great, you have anything to say? No, 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 go. I, I, go. No, go. I don't. I don't have anything negative to say about the Chiefs. I'm actually happy that they won because 49ers karma is sweet. That's all. I mean, yeah. karma, karma is so sweet. They spent all last Patient season gangster. complaining, complaining. Oh, if we had Brock Purdy, if Brock Brock Purdy played, we'd have beat the Eagles and we'd have got to the Super Bowl and won. And last year was our year. They hadn't been to the Super or won the Super Bowl in 28 years. But last year was their year. If they were healthy, it was their year. And then what do they do this year? They get to the dance. They're the one seed in the NFC. They make it to the Super Bowl. And what happens? Similar. To the NFC Championship game last last season, their head coach sells them. They lost last year because their head coach put their quarterback in a position to get hurt. That's that is what happened. Their head coach put them in position 
to get hurt. And this year, what did he do? He sold. Second half of the game, Christian McCaffrey has the Didn't ball. Let's throw the ball, the ball no. six straight it. times. Oh, let's let's, t- let's 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 have him throw the ball six straight times. And then you get a muff punt, and then momentum swings, bad decision after bad decision. Your team doesn't even know the the overtime rules. How do you go That's into insane. a Super Bowl? A Super Bowl in your team. The leaders, not rookies. We talking vets. <laughs> Don't know the overtime rules. And then they come out today because they got nobody else to blame. You can't blame Brock Purdy not playing. You can't blame guys, you know, injuries. So they fired their defensive coordinator. And the defensive coordinator had a heck of a Super Bowl because they don't want to tell the truth. Mm. Kyle Shanahan, a great offensive mind, but a professional choker. He's mm. been a part, he was a part of the he was the OC in Falcon with Atlanta. Is three now, Super Bowl L's, zero and three. Is he the Doc Rivers of the NFL? Man, I, hey, at this point, and he's not. He can't he's even say he's Doc Rivers because Doc's Guys, got the championship. Let's at d- this let, point, he is. He made mistakes in that game, but he is still professional an off, choker. He's still an off, okay. professional <laughs> choker. Professional I want to say that, 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 that go really quick. That overtime yeah. debacle puts to bed the rest. I never want to hear any former athlete or any just like person like listening to any podcast or watching any show ever like well you never played the game you wouldn't i was sitting on the couch and i knew the rules the overtime mm-hmm. the guys in the game who are getting paid millions they did not know okay i meanwhile the chiefs say pretty much yeah ever since the playoffs began we went over this rule Once pretty much week. right away and then like, they did it yeah. twice the like hours before the game they were on that stuff like it, they knew it like it was, no. they were studying for a test. Yes, it's why the Niners took they they took the ball in overtime on offense. You gave Kansas City four downs. You you fools. I you come out fools. in the NFC Championship game and you block Hassan Reddick with a tight end. Whose fault is that? And who's blocking <laughs> hey, Chris coach? Jones? And no one's blocking Chris Jones. You're letting literally the MVP of that defense and probably who should have been the MVP of that Super Bowl. Let's be honest. Chris Jones had an absolutely wonderful game. You're, you're leaving him unblocked in overtime. What are you doing? What Your you players doing, don't know overtime rules. Whose fault is that? Yeah, and that play was, and that yeah, Niners yeah. receiver was wide open on that play too, guys. If someone would have blocked Chris Jones, the Niners probably would have won the Super Bowl. Hey, hey, no, no I'll tell you, what, I'll hey. tell you this. You know how they could have won the Super Bowl if Brock Purdy played. <laughs> oh, but he played. Brock Purdy isn't the reason they lost. Darn it! Look at Art. Darn it! Look at Art. If only he would have played. Darn it! But he did. Mm. I love it. I love it. You you know what? From a guy like you who, you know, last year experienced this on the other end, which I feel for you, bro. I feel for you. So I love this passion. I love that you are going after Kyle Shanahan. I love that you're going after the Niners. I'm not going to do that because um, I hear you. I feel you. You you did a perfect job of, of everything that I could have thought of. But I just got to say, as a fan, last time I was on this show with you guys, I talked about my obsession with Travis and Jason this story, I know it's become so over, you know, talked about and whatever in the media. I loved it. I enjoyed just as much watching the clips of Jason Kelsey in his Nacho Libre mask and his overalls hammered at the after party, just shaking his belly, having <laughs> fun while his brother's mushing it up with the biggest freaking pop star in the world. I, I, I know that this is outside the game. But what it it's it's become a story. It's become fun, and I enjoy it. I was happy. Can't I was watching it with Jason. Jason saw me. I've never been that into. I left the room yeah. for a minute. I left the room. For, I've never been that. That into was the a Super most Bowl. I've wow. seen you root for an opposing team that wasn't like a Minnesota team. That, that was the most team. invested I've seen you so, in another team. I'm other happy. Than your own. I'm happy yep. for Travis. I'm happy for Jason. Yep. Taylor Swift. Yes. I, yeah. Yeah. I'm happy for you. And I'm just not mad at her. That's all. That's no. It was a great Super Bowl, and that's all we can ask for, right? Yeah. Great game. Great food. Great people. All of that. And now we enter the abyss that is 
not football season, but like Grant said, pitchers and catchers reporting spring training. That is right around the corner. Timberwolves are hot. The wild might be hot as well. We got Minnesota sports covered here on the score North taxi squad, but we got to wrap things up here on the program. My name is Jason Stormer. That's AJ Fredrickson. That's artist woods. And thank you, Grant Wengstern from my talk one Oh seven one for joining us again, for joining us again. And hopefully you'll be able to join us plenty of times in the near future. But uh, until next time, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, you can listen to taxi squad on score North com the score north mobile app apple and spotify you want to see our lovely faces though check us out on the score north youtube channel happy valentine's day everyone we will catch you on the next time of the score north taxi squad take care bye-bye if only brock party played oh come on <laughs> <laughs>